as far north as Marauder's Arch, as far south as Booty Isle, as far east as Ruby's Fall, and as far west as Mermaid's Hideaway, Pirate Talk Radio proudly presents the most in-your-face Sea of Thieves podcast on the waves, and now broadcasting from his mother's basement, the biggest idiot to ever pick up a cutlass, your host, Davram! Welcome back, guys, to Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode 123, and I hope everyone is doing well. Well, it's happening. Season 10 is going to be a three-month season, and season 11 is just around the corner. In fact, I was just playing, uh, I believe it was a week ago, uh, with the 12-hour stream, and uh, it said nine weeks left in, in season uh, in season 10, which would be, if you do the math, about a month and a half. So it'd be a four and a half month season. I played this weekend on stream um, and it was two weeks left. So there you go. They're adjusting dates in, in game. Now, I, I don't know where someone saw this, but someone did mention it was supposed to be released at the end of January. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, where that date came out, I might have just missed it and everything that's going on. But um, it was really odd to me to because I specifically looked that up when I played during the 12 hour stream. And when it said that it had nine weeks left, I was like, huh, that seems like a long time. Uh, and then this week, um, after I heard from people that it was going to be at the end of January, I was like, oh, well, let's see what the end game says. And sure enough, it's it's down to two weeks. So uh, we've got two weeks left in, in season 10. Um, so should be out right around the end of, of, of January 27th ish. I think, uh, what is the, uh, the Thursday there? It always comes out on a Thursday, uh, 25th, one week to, yeah, probably the 25th is what it's looking like. Um, so, uh, I'm not quite sure what's uh, supposed to come now. I, I did notice that, uh, they are supposed to release the teaser or the trailer video, um, on Tuesday, uh, which is, uh, let's see here, the 16th. Um, so you should have that out about uh, a week and, uh, two days early, uh, to kind of see what they are, are going to be offering. But, uh, what I wanted to kind of do today was we obviously had the, uh, the big podcast, the official Sea of Thieves podcast. Um, and I was, I was quite impressed to be honest with you on that podcast because I heard a lot of things that I wanted to hear. Now, with that being said, I didn't hear how they're going to change it, how they're going to fix it. What are they going to do? Um, you know, I, I heard them admitting things that I wanted to hear, um, being open and honest with the player base about how bad things have been and how bad they have been as a development staff and company. But I didn't hear, how are you going to fix it? It was, yeah, we know these are problems and we're going to work on it. Well, you've, your game's been out with these issues now going on six years, it's, it's not time for you to say, we're going to be working on it that, you know, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, I would accept I we're working on it now, almost six years in, I expect this is what we're going to do. This is the execution strategy done. End of story. But I just don't think, um, 
I don't think they're there yet. Um, I, like I said, uh, Rare has been a company that's been around for a long time, but the Sea of Thieves side of it um, is is very young, and this is the very first time they've ever put out a game like this. So um, I understand that they're probably, to be honest, <clears throat> even though you know they admitted it when they first brought out this game, was were they over their heads? I still think they're over their heads, to be honest, because uh, there's no clear path of where their game is going. Um, there isn't a, a good system of fixing bugs long-term. There's no good system of fixing exploits long-term. There's no quality assurance in their code. Um, their seasons, honestly, for most players last less than a month. Um, yet they're dragging on three months, four months, an entire year. Um, they've suffered the, the, the anger of the community for a long time on there's just nothing to do. Um, I think part of that is on the players um, being that it is a choose your adventure game. Um, you know, regardless of what I have done or not done in the game, you know, every time I get to log in and play with friends, I, I have a lot of fun. Um, so long as the core functions of the game are working and you know, the servers are stable, but that's beside the point. And, and also there's a lot of other good games out there. There's a crap ton of good games out there that are um, accessible, you know, to everyone on multiple different platforms. So I, I understand uh, why certain things are the way they are, but I honestly still believe and, and will continue to believe until I see them prove me otherwise that they are still uh, underwater on this. They don't know how to. They don't know how to get to the surface, they don't know how to tread water, and they don't know how to get back in the boat. Um, with things like hit reg, bucket reg, food reg, server stability, how many boats are on the server, the ability to complete a actual storyline once in a while, um, <coughs> execution on timelines. Like I just feel like they just can't get a handle on this, and it's something that six years in, they should have a good handle on that. So I want to dive into that, and I also want to dive into what do I want to see in 2024, um, right? I always try to uh, take a moment and reflect and say, you know, these are the things that I personally would like to see Rare do in 2024. Um, now, I'll be honest, I've asked and predicted, not predicted, because I won't predict, because I it, things like that are unpredictable. I, I'm always amazed when I listen to to podcasts and things and people are predicting things. I'm like, why? Why are you wasting? Like some people get paid a lot of money to predict things and it just blows my mind. I just don't understand it. Like why? Let's just watch it. Let's just enjoy it. Why do we have to predict things? I know gambling and things. I get it. I get it. I hear the, the radio um, uh, announcements every single every single day on my drive to work. I hear, you know, this is the best place to to predict and gamble and make money on, on sports betting, blah, blah, blah. But if you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Like, it's just, yeah, that's what predictions are. They're gambling. All right, so... Um, Let's, let's just start diving through this podcast kind of from top to bottom. Um, so I, I have, I struggle very hard when, um, when Chapman describes season nine as good. I, I personally have a hard time with that. Um, Obviously, uh, he mentioned that there was a challenge. It took some time to build, um, and, and they didn't get it right as far as how long it took. But to say that season nine was good 
is is just bad because the first patch of season nine I was hyped on. You can go back to the podcast episode when I was talking about season nine, all the fixes they had implemented, all the 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 great code that they had put in, the quality of life stuff. I was hyped on season nine. I was calling season nine the best season that Sea of Thieves has ever done. The problem was when they continued to patch season nine as the season progressed, it got worse and it got worse and it got worse. Hit reg got worse. We had server stability issues. We had silent boarding coming back. We had a lot of these long-term bugs and exploits that people uh, had been bitching about and had rare had fixed at the beginning of season nine all come back because of poor coding. So I, I honestly would challenge Mike Chapman and say, yeah, you guys had a, a year on season basically you know, there were a lot of good quality of life updates, but you can't take season nine for what it was at release. You have to look at the long, the, the whole thing. And he did call out it took too long as far as how long we were in season nine and things got stale and stuff like that. But you have to look at where did it end? It ended with servers being in a worse state than where it started. It ended with hit reg being in a worse state than when it started. It ended with silent boarding being back. And it had every a lot of stuff that they had fixed in the first place got rolled back because of poor coding and quality assurance. So season nine at the start went from being one of the best seasons that Sea of Thieves probably ever created because of all the things that it addressed in the quality of life things to questionably one of the worst seasons that they ever did because of how long it lasted and how many bugs and exploits came back and all the server stability issues. Like it's crazy that things that are supposed to be three months and it went for nine went from something that was absolutely amazing that the players loved to log into because it felt good to one of the worst uh, experiences the game has had for a very long time. It's crazy to me that it was like it was like the it was like polar opposites from the start of season nine to the end of season nine. It was absolutely crazy. So I don't think in any way, shape, or form, Rare should think that season nine was successful. I don't think they should think it was good. I think that they think the start was good, but unfortunately the degradation and how long it lasted was not good. And like I said, Mike called that out and he said they didn't get it right. They didn't get it right because things just didn't line up on the timetable. Again, it goes back to what I kept saying. They have to have realistic expectations about their code. They have so many developers with, with so much work that they have to get done. And you have to be realistic on how long um, uh, certain features take. And I think sometimes they get a little overzealous and they want to give us the world, but in turn what they do is they make things bad because it takes so long then they still run out of time but they still have to ship it and it's not ready and things have to be added later such as Hey, we shipped this uh, this Monkey Island adventure. Oh, and by the way, we forgot to do X, Y, and Z. And so now, if you go back and do it again, you would get these cosmetics. Th that stuff is garbage. Like, have a complete package when it goes out. Now, I'm not saying that the experience as far as bugs and exploits are ever going to be 100%. They never will be in a live service game. Things are always changing. Things are always breaking. Um, now, things shouldn't break as bad as they do in Sea of Thieves, and they shouldn't 
be broken as many times as they are in Sea of Thieves for as long as they are. But things will always be breaking in live action or live service games. It's just the nature of that type of game where it's alive 24 seven. Um, but when you're sitting here having players do things to have a experience like Monkey Island, and then uh, a few months later, you're like, oh, by the way, go back in and do Monkey Island again and get these cosmetics. And players are like, why? We've already completed it. We've already completed it 100%. Why are you telling us to go back in? Have you changed something? Are there new things to explore in there? And it's like, no, we just didn't get this shipped in time. It wasn't done in time. And that's bullshit to me. Because if you're not adding anything new to the experience, you're just adding new completion awards, you should retroactively just give those to the players. I am. This is going to be my number one. Number one ask for Rare in 2024 is stop making players do the same stuff they've done time and time again just for some something new as far as a cosmetic. If you're not changing the experience of a fleet, stop saying, well, do 50 more fleets because that's where the chest of fortune is now. If you haven't changed anything with forts, don't sit there and say, hey, do 50 more forts and turn the loot into reapers so you can get these new cosmetics now. We've already done that. Don't sit here and say, oh, we'll get a uh, hundred more reaper chests because that'll give you a new cosmetic and add it to a new area in the achievement system. It's absolutely bullshit and it's a disrespect to myself and it's a disrespect to all your player base. Okay. If you change the experience in something, if you retrofit a fort, if you retrofit the fleets, if you retrofit the fort of fortune or the shrines or the treasuries, if you retrofit them and add something new to the player experience, then by all means, create a new achievement system in there for that. So you push players back to that content in order to experience the new stuff. But it's, if it's the old stuff that we've been doing for months, months and years stop 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 putting new achievements in the game for cosmetics to make us do the same stuff we already did it at the beginning then we did it for captaincy now we're doing it for guilds stop it it's absolutely garbage it's it's laziness and it's garbage don't you cannot reinvigorate your content just by forcing players to go back and do it again that doesn't reinvigorate the content garbage still smells like garbage regardless right you can have one of the most glory. I loved the Monkey Island Adventures. I thought they were a little bit long, but I loved the Monkey Island Adventures. I just did them again on the 12 hour stream with my friends so we could get our stupid. Well, I hadn't 100 percented them, so I 100 percented them after I saw that Mike said this will be the last thing they're adding to that as far as completion rewards. I don't believe that whatsoever, but we went and did it and I 100 percented and got all my rewards, but I absolutely adored those adventures. But if, if, if we go six months from now, a year from now, and all of a sudden they're like, hey, you can go back and do the Monkey Island adventures and you get this new hat and jacket and ship set. I'm going to look at you and be like, bitch, I already completed them. Just give them to me. Just give them to me because that is look, I've already done it. Just give it to me. Period. End of story. I, I'm, I'm so sick of opening my Reaper's Bones faction stuff, and I see in the Reaper's Bone faction that I've completed, what is it, 50, 100 Reaper chests. And then I exit out of the Reaper Bone faction, and under Build Rats, there's, oh, oh, what is this? Chest of Fortune, you click on that, oh, do 50 more Reaper bounties. Like, no, it's already in your database that I've done 50. It's already in your database that I've already done 100. You know, it's already in your database that I've done it. 
Don't make me do it again for for this thing and captaincy and guilds and just stop. Stop with the reused old, musty, rotten leftovers, okay? If you reinvigorate the content, then sure, add an achievement in there for us to do it again because I want to experience what you have changed and how you've made it better and, and, and different and how you're exciting me to play that. Just telling me to do it after I've already done it and grinded it out is not exciting to me. And in fact, it, it just annoys me and it tells me that you don't respect my time. So that's my number one ask for 2024 is that rare stop reusing old content without refreshing it first. So Mike then looks at uh, a look ahead to 2024, his first look ahead. They, they do a couple look aheads as they progress through this podcast. And he says, uh, look at 2024. We want to look how we deliver content and what it touches. So again, don't know what that means. Um, obviously, you know, rare still plays the, we want to be super secret game, but he, he just, how do we deliver content and what it touches? Yeah. Here, 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 Mike, let me simplify it. Don't reuse what you've already done unless you've enhanced it somehow, not on the back end, on the front end that we can see an enhancement that changes the core gameplay of that particular feature, then deliver it. But if not work on something else, I don't know, maybe the 10 storylines that you haven't completed yet. Um, I, uh, Shelly Preston, uh, again, um, congratulations to, to Shelly on, um, uh, associate design director. I think Shelly's going to bring a lot to that role. Um, I know Shelly and her husband, Andy play, um, sea of thieves a lot. You know, they're, they are one of the high honcho dev folks in rare, uh, that I know play the game a lot. Um, and so that means they experience what players experience. And that means they bring a very unique approach to the table, right? Where someone's coming up with some new fangled idea and they can say, well, well, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I was just playing last night and you know, my ship kept flying up in the air. Shouldn't we address that before we do that? Like, I feel like Shelly, um, kind of a higher up promotion position now being able to sit around the table and design the future of how this game goes, I think is going to, you know, have a little bit bigger voice. And, and again, she plays the game, um, Andy plays the game and I really think those two, um, can really bring the player's perspective. Obviously they all want to create something new, um, something shiny, something cool to deliver to players, something fun and exciting. Um, but when they're playing the game, um, you know, a good amount, um, you know, in a month, they're going to be experience the, the, the crap that us players are seeing every single day. And, and hopefully when they see that and experience that for themselves, it's going to be something that they can take to the table. Um, and Shelly can put up on their board and say, Hey, we need to focus on this because this is a really bad player experience. And even if we add something new and shiny players are still going to be experiencing this and not happy with us. So, um, again, congratulations to Shelly. Now I do have to disagree with Shelly's highlights partially, partially, her highlights for 2023 were safer season guilds. Um, I think primarily because she was um, one of the main um, designers on, on those two features or one of the main uh, team leads on those two features. Here's the thing. I think safer seas <clears throat> as it currently stands was designed. Well, um, 
I think if they were going to do some sort of private server system uh, where you can take your family, your children, um, you know, whoever, um, and just have a Sea of Thieves experience um, away from all the crazy assholes that are out on the seas cursing, using slurs, being trolls, cheating, all that stuff. I think Safer Seas gives you that outlet. Now, I'm glad they put limitations around it where you don't get the maximum amount of gold and reputation um, and things like that. Because ultimately, the game is meant to be played. The design of the game is meant to be played in high seas. And I understand that there are folks out there who can't handle high seas, either with some sort of exceptionality, um, a mental challenge, uh, whatever the case may be. And they like Sea of Thieves or even if they just want to play with their family or young children, you know, um, it gives them now the opportunity to share that experience with their children or with folks uh, that they knew who can't handle high seas gives them a chance to still <coughs> make gold and stuff like that with the understanding that you're eventually going to get capped out. But some people, you know, if they want to sail around and do some voyages with their kids, they're not going to care if they make a whole bunch of gold or they're not going to care if they make a whole bunch of emissary value. Their time is not about grinding out for themselves. Their time is about enjoying the experience with their children. So I hope they continue to have uh, strong limitations on safer seas, but I am glad that they did put that out. So on that side, I can agree. On the guild side, I personally think this was a flaming disaster. I understand that. The want for guilds, I understand the reason for guilds. Unfortunately, the execution was so poor, I don't even know what to say. First off, there is not a good search for guild system where you can find guilds who are recruiting or who will have open slots with a strong um, description of what that guild is about and what they're looking for in players. There is nothing like that in game. Nothing. So how do I join a guild? Well, I just have to know somebody or I have to join a discord server or I have to just randomly find someone in the seas. That's not how guild systems work. That's not how building a guild like that works. Uh, just look at any game from Final Fantasy VII to World of Warcraft to many, many, many other MMOs who have guilds and stuff like that. They have a portal either in-game or on their website for people to post if they have openings in their guild, what they're looking for, um, a place to put a Discord server if they want, wh whatever. But a place that people can look for a guild and find Find one that best matches them and talk to the folks and stuff like that. There's nothing like this in Sea of Thieves. It's really just, hey, how do I get my group of friends together? Because that's all it really is. Then secondly, why this was a flaming disaster is the fact that it's just Captaincy 2.0. Everything in Captaincy was just rolled over and said, hey, do it again just in a group. And that's completely crap because everything Captaincy was was do everything you did before captaincy, do it over just on a captain boat. And again, that's complete bullcrap and it's absolute garbage. So to say that guilds was a highlight of, of 2023, God, that tells me 2023 was not only a you know, dumpster fire of a year for Sea of Thieves, but a true dumpster fire of a year because guilds, ugh, like how is that a highlight? Guilds was like, ugh. Like, at least captaincy allowed you to buy your own boat. What is guild and, and gives you the cheaty sovereigns? Like, what do guilds give you? A tiny little plaque on your boat? That no one can see unless they're on your boat? 
I mean, really, like, what did it, it didn't do anything. It was awful. But what was not awful, and who was never awful, are our wonderful, our notorious, our glorious patrons who make sure that these episodes and my content keep coming to your ear holes. And those are Skimelt666, Lane, L-Cute, Geffus, Big Bad Pad, and Regis Stella. Thank you, all of you, for your continued support of Pirate Talk Radio and my content. If you are interested in joining the notorious ranks of the of the, the patrons for this show and my content, you can go over to patreon.com slash TV and select of any of the tiers, uh, starting as low as $1, and some even giving you things like holiday cards and t-shirts and stuff like that. So uh, go check it out. So, um, so Joe, Joe kind of took a stab at the safer seas question that, that, that I had and that many people have posed. And that is, why did you do safer seas for the longest time? You said you would never do something like that. And then all of a sudden you did. And I think Joe explained it partially. Joe said, we got tired um, and it became uh, harder to just tell people we aren't doing it. Like, he's just like, because it was, well, we want this. We want this. We want this. No, Sea of Thieves isn't designed that way. Sea of Thieves. And then it just became a, well, why can't we do it? Why can't we do it? And we did it. I think another thing paid into that, which I don't think he wanted to talk about. Obviously they don't want to talk about the bad side um, when it comes to, you know, performance, business performance. But I think part of it came down to player base. I, I think with how the game was trending with the, 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 the hourglass, which again was great. Um, you know, with some of the toxophos with, with people wanting Alliance servers, with people wanting all this stuff. I think it also came down to people were leaving the game and I understand and I'm not going to sit here and quote steam numbers because i get crucified every single time i talk about steam numbers but here's the thing i'm not saying that the majority of players are not playing on xbox that's duh most players are playing on the xbox client either on their pc or on uh, the um the xbox itself but in business there are trends and steam will show you a trend that branches across all platforms that sea of thieves will ever touch. And the trend is usually down. It's been down for a while. You get little jumps when pirates of the Caribbean came out. You get little jumps when monkey Island came out. You got some nice jumps when the hourglass came out, but in general, the game is trending down and it has been trending down. Um, and that's for many, many reasons. But I think one of the reasons recently were, you know, players who don't like things like PVP were, were leaving. Now, a lot of them had already left, but more were leaving and they wanted a way to bring those players back to the game to boost those numbers. And I think uh, in general, Safer Seas is a way that they can start working on that. Now, does it give the players that, you know, wanted to grind out Athena and Reapers and Peace what they wanted? No, it doesn't. But at least gives them a place that they can go and continue to grind out gold and play with their friends in a safe environment. So I, I think part of it was what he said as far as we just couldn't we couldn't find new ways to say no. But also I think part of it was 
we wanted to boost our numbers. End of the day. We wanted to boost our numbers because that's how we get paid. It's a good business decision. So this was a, a good comment, um, continuing on the safer seas that Mike Chapman mentioned, because one of my concerns with safer seas was having another split mode, right? They shut down the arena because it was a dedicated group of resources that were working on a separate mode that they basically had to pay these folks for 1% of the population, one to 2% of the population. Uh, Mike specifically said they designed Safer Seas and they're making an effort to ensure that Safer Seas does not become a separate game mode with their own dev team. So I think a lot of these things that they've been working on with these toggle switches for world events and community days and the way that seamlessly you're playing the game and then all of a sudden community day starts and boom, community day starts. There's, there's like a little trigger that they can hit on the back end and you keep playing and you don't even notice it kicked on until you go to an outpost and see the community day things. Um, and I think the things they've been working on in the back end where they can kind of turn on and off these modules, <coughs> I think that comes into play with safer seas. Because Safer Seas is obviously its own rolled up server system. And all that they have to do is every time a server rolls off with Safer Seas, these levers are clicked to off. So it's still adventure. It's just those levers are turned off. And in adventure, they're turned on. That's how I would assume, based on how they were describing um, how these lever systems work that they've been implementing, um, how they would work. And, and so I personally think they're going about this the right way. I hope their development continues in this direction and make sure that it stays this way. Because again, splitting a dev team in order to, a small dev team, in order to support a a different game modes with different populations, it gets to be a pain in the butt, um, especially when your dev team is small to begin with. So I give props to them on that, to, to think ahead when they were designing this and not to make it a um, another uh, another arena uh, fiasco. Um, so... <sighs> Here's the thing that was bothersome to me about the Skull of Siren song. And yes, we saw a lot of cool things. But the thing they keep going back to is Hippo's Briggsy impersonation. That happened so early in the Skull of Siren song. What has happened since then? They keep going back to Hippo's thing. But what has truly happened since then with the Skull of Siren song? It is a true classic Sea of Thieves experience. You have X marks a spot, dig spot. You have a key. You have a chest. You unlock, you find the key, you find the chest, you unlock them, you have a prize, you have to get that prize to the turn in without it getting stolen. Classic Sea of Thieves. From top to bottom design, classic Sea of Thieves. However, the focus is not the key, the digs, the chest. It is about what happens between the moment that you agree to vote on that and the moment that that skull is turned into Briggsy, it's what happens in between that's not the digs, that's not taking the skull out of the chest. It's the player interactions. That is what the important piece is. That is what makes it a true and lasting Sea of Thieves feel. And unfortunately, it's dead. 
Like I know, um, I, I know in the two recent streams, the 12 hour stream and then the five hour stream that I've done recently playing Sea of Thieves, we've done numerous Skull of Siren songs. And I think maybe one was contested. And I would say we probably did five or six. And one of them, we actually saw a ship come after us, maybe two in, in a very small percentage. So, yes. When Mike says that the Skull of Siren song is classic Sea of Thieves, you're absolutely correct. It's exciting for about two weeks, three weeks, and then it's dead. That's very accurate, Mike. You are correct. It's classic Sea of Thieves. It, it's kind of like me in bed. It just It's quick, and then it's over, and then you don't know what you're supposed to do next. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it truly is designed as a classic Sea of Thieves experience focusing on that player interaction. Unfortunately, now it's been out for long enough that it's kind of to a point where players are not really engaging with each other. It's either players already have it done or they can't be bothered. They see another player working on it and they're like, I don't really want to get into a fight or whatever. I don't want to go over there. I just want to let it be, um, which is unfortunate because I think the design of the thing is really fun. You just, there's no way that they're pushing players together. And I think that's, that's, that's what they need to do a better job of or figure it out. And I don't know the answer. I'll be honest. I don't know the answer, but I think that's what they need to try to figure out is how do, how do we make an event that actually forces players together in, in proximity to each other? Not gives them the choice, but how do we do a better job of really influencing that decision when the player is sitting there thinking, should I or shouldn't I? It's it's too hard to say it's too hard to say no. Right. Like what we are putting in front of you, the 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 carrot on a stick in front of you is too yummy and too delicious and too coated in ranch that you can't say no. You want that carrot in your mouth. You want it dripping. You want the oozing ranch down over your face and the crunchy carrot and the yum. Like you want that. You want whatever is there. You want it. And regardless if there's PVP, regardless if there's annoying skeletons and ships and everything else, because that carrot is so delicious, it's so crunchy, it's so juicy, and that ranch is so yummy that you have to go. You're like, oh, I don't want to deal with the PVP. Oh, I don't want to deal with the flame heart shit talking cloud. I don't want to deal with this, but oh, I want that carrot really bad. And I don't know what that magic is. I don't know how they can do that, but that is, that is the, that is, if they can find that particular magic, if they can find the magic where they have placed something so irresistible in front of us that it doesn't matter if we don't want a PVP, it doesn't matter if we don't want this. The majority of players are going to see that beautiful, crispy cream, delicious, warm donut sitting there. And we just can't say no. We just can't. We're all fat kids inside and we cannot say no. And so that is what that that's the magic that they have to find. And I hope they find it. Um, I know I've heard a lot of folks that are probably more in the insider program. Some of the partners, they have said that season 11 is going to be very exciting. Now, I haven't seen the trailer. I know they mentioned that it's going to have um, um, more pieces to that um, back in, you know, support system which is exciting to me but what is on the front end what do we get because season 10 has been kind of 
shit. Season nine was real shit. It's like we haven't had a good season in quite some time now as far as a good season that lasts. And I just really would like to see them find that magic where they get something that feels classic Sea of Thieves and it keeps players driving for it and going after it for a long, long time. I feel like they had that a decent amount with the hourglass. Uh, um, I I just think it got boring for players. I think I think they had the magic sauce almost there, uh, maybe a little bit more seasoning, but I think they had the magic sauce pretty close there with Hourglass on the PvP side. Um, but I, I just, I, it wasn't quite there, but it was pretty close. I would say that's the closest they've been of something that really has, has lasted the test of time and people keep going back to it. Um, <clears throat> so I mentioned earlier that, um, I really feel like six years in now that Sea of Thieves team should have a better, better grasp on what they're doing, where they're going, a better execution strategy, just a better way of making sure the updates we get are quality, uh, making sure that uh, the design and storylines are being completed, making sure that we as players are engaged and having a good experience. And I mentioned that I felt like even six years in now, they feel like they can't keep their head above water. And I said that earlier because I wanted to take a moment and mention that Joe seems to be taking a little bit more of a leadership role. Now, he's always been a leader on the team, right? He's the executive producer. He's always been the leader on the team. But I've challenged several times that he doesn't take a strong enough leadership role and that, in general, Mike Chapman is the one that's really designing the direction of the game. And I think because of that, we get a lot more pretty story and Mike's okay with the goofy bugs where I think they need more of a, a you know, a, a centralized leader who's like, look, your story is great, but there's too many bugs. We need to focus on these. We need to get these permanently fixed, right? I think there needs to be a reining in of that, that, that the story team, because though I love them and I think they do an excellent job with the story of this game, I really think they've gone unchecked as far as getting their stuff through and not getting what I would say is more important stuff through, which is getting uh, core gameplay features fixed permanently. But Joe mentioned something really interesting. He says it feels like we are just moving on a fast, uh, a fast moving river, struggling to keep our head above water. It's exactly what I said. And it's exactly what I've said for a while that it just feels like the, the reins are off. Like it feels like they're hanging on and the reins are off and they can't get a grasp of how to get this thing in control. And in all honesty, I'll be completely fair. I've met Joe. I think he's a great dude. That's on him. That is on him. He needs to be engaged and he needs to take the reins of the team and really pull it together. Um, he says, sounds like we need to um, be, more, he, he, he needs to be more engaged uh, and to stop um like the issue spin focusing on quality um, and why I like that, why I like him really starting to what I feel getting to that point that I've been talking about taking the reins, getting control, 
being the guy is that he hasn't talked like this from any of the interviews that I've heard. And again, I I've heard a lot of them. I can't say that I've heard all of them. I haven't heard an interview where he really dives in and says, look, we're struggling and it's my responsibility to, to get us fixed. I haven't heard that. I haven't. He's the executive producer. That is his job is to pull the teams together and design the future of this game. And sometimes slap the hand of his genius counterpart, Mike Chapman and say, Mike, stop with the story. We don't need more story right now. We need developers to be fixing this stuff. We need to fix the server stability. We need this to be cleaned up. We need some of your damn stories to actually have an ending chapter instead of being open. Like he needs to dial things in and just bring people together because the brain power in that building is absolutely insane. And I think when you've got all that brain power in that building, but no one is taking that brain power and focusing it into a strong single lined laser. Here's where we are. And I could understand where Joe said that it feels like they are on a fast moving river and can't keep their head above water. Don't worry, Joe, you said it, but we as players, we've been seeing it for years. We've been seeing, you can't get your shit together for years. We've been saying it to you on Reddit, on Twitter, on all these different social media platforms. We've been telling you, you haven't been getting your shit together. The problem is you haven't done anything about it. Now I'm actually hearing Joe say that he needs to take action on this and kind of get things together. And I, I couldn't be more happy to hear that because that is what I've been saying for quite some time. So um, then they kind of dive in and they start talking about some things that I are really near and dear to my heart, um, such as we need to do a better job. This is from Mike Chapman. We need to do a better job at laying out features and timelines. And I added and execute on them because you can do I, I, what, what we have, what we've had multiple different iterations of them providing some sort, some sort of timeline, some sort of roadmap, some sort of, here's a three month season. Here's a three month update. Here's a, this thing, this thing. And what happens is it looks great and we're all excited about that. But then what happens? They never can execute on it. Look at season nine. Like they hit a couple seasons out of the park where they were, were able to get the season done in three months or whatever. And then all of a sudden they had a five month season and they had a six month season. Oh, then they had a three month season and then they're back to a nine month season or whatever. It's like the problem is they cannot keep it together. Like they, they, they provide these great plans and they provide these great ideas where they're saying, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And we're going to do all of these things. But then when it, the, 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 you know, the rubber meets the road, they don't actually execute on it and they keep screwing up and all that they can say is, uh, sorry, we messed up. We'll do better. No, no, actually do better. Uh, you know, in season 10 only being three months, Hey, that's an improvement. And that's an improvement that I'm going to take because your, your seasons are designed to be three month seasons. Now you actually have a three month season after you had a nine month season that were, were, was garbage. So I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. So I, I that that's what I will add to that is they yes, they do need to do a better job of of providing that um, feature and timeline, but 
with that, they also have to execute it. That's the missing piece for me. Like you can tell me all these different pieces. You can tell me your timelines, but actually execute them and hold yourselves accountable if you're not executing them and adjust. If you can't, if, 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 if you had this idea of season nine, 10 and 11 to really sure up some of the back end stuff and you saw that things weren't, weren't going so well, figure it out. That's your job. That's, that's Joe Neat's job is to figure out how do we ship this on time? You might not be able to get it all together. We'll push that to season 10 and then push some season 10 stuff to season 11, push season 10, 11 stuff to season 12, whatever you need to do. But sometimes when you're managing products um, and you're managing projects, sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes you got to chunk them apart a little bit and move them a little bit. Um, so you can actually get a package delivered on time. Um, you know, it might not be the gold issued package you wanted to release, but at least you got something out and you actually hit your timeline. Um, and then you work on it again and you work on it again and you keep readjusting until you get what you need to get done. And people get used to that cadence of getting quality work done on time. <clears throat> um, Joe continues the thought process on um, this by saying, and I completely agree with him, uh, we're relooking at how we uh, package seasons. And it's on us as leaders to build timelines and packages we can execute. And that's 100% true. That's 100% true. It's great when your heads are in, your head is in the clouds and this brain trust is coming out with amazing story and amazing features and may, well let's be honest Captain C and guilds haven't been amazing but with that aside it's it's great that we have a, a, a brain trust that is coming up with these outstanding ideas to give us new and cool and and, and fun potentially engaging um, um, experiences in games such as the skull of siren song. The problem is when you fail to execute over and over and over again, you lose your players. You won't lose your core players. You won't lose me. You won't lose Captain Logan. You know, you won't lose Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, you know, the the, the crew that, that hang around a lot with me and with uh, with the Keelhole podcast. You, you're not going to lose those guys. But I can tell you this, those guys who used to be spending three hours a night playing Sea of Thieves, might be coming eight hours a week playing Sea of Thieves or maybe three hours a week playing Sea of Thieves. The time investment that players are making into your game is going down because you cannot execute. And I think they have all the analytics in the world that we will never see. But I would say if I see that, again, trends in the Steam numbers, if I see that trend in the players that I know who are diehard Sea of Thieves fans, who have things like this shelf right here that just is full of Sea of Thieves stuff, including so many handmade things from people out there who are huge fans of Sea of Thieves and just take it upon themselves to make cool shit um, just, just out of their artistic power, right? It, it, like that, it, there's a pig over there. Like there, you see the pig right there on my fingertip. That, that pig was handmade by someone. There's a there's a bottle right back there that was made by Fox Die. It's a it's a siren song bottle. 
with the paper. It looks, it's, it's fantastic. This thing hanging right here, that was made, uh, that was made by Kylea for Sea of Thieves Fest with a Sea of Thieves Reaper coin and everything. Like, I've got handmade stuff up there. We've got the Shaker stuff from Beyond NRG. You know, there's so much cool stuff that people and companies are making for Sea of Thieves. But then you start to realize that those same players that are spending time making cool shit like that, they're not playing your game as much because you're breaking your promises to us. It's your game. Do it how you want. It's your business. Run it how you want. But don't expect us to sit here and continue to play three hours a night, you know, five hours a day on a weekend on our days off. If you're not going to execute a quality product for it, Joe's a hundred percent right in saying as leaders, they've got to step it up and they got to figure out how to put their teams in positions to win in order for their game to win in order for their players to continue to play and love the game that we love hundred percent. And like I said, this is the first time we're really hearing Joe step up as that leader saying, I got to get this shit in gear. It is my job. So I don't know if there were some hard conversations that were happening at the rare studio um, based on numbers or things like that. I have no idea. I can tell you this. If I was Joe needs boss and I saw, Hey, we have this project. That's a three month season. And all of a sudden it's nine months long. I would be beating down his doors and be like, why did you miss your deadline by triple like triple? It was supposed to be three months. You hit it in nine months. How did you miss by triple the time? Like I would be, we would be having long conversations that that yearly annual quarterly review would not look pretty on a scale from one to three, three being you, you did, you exceeded expectations right now. Sea of thieves is hitting about a one. Because you have to rate them something. They're hitting about a one. They are not meeting expectations at all. Now that season 10 is three months, we'll see how season uh, 11 executes. Maybe we get back on track. Maybe we start hitting that two meeting expectation line. But they got a long way to go before they exceed expectations. Because right now, they're just trying to get to the line. right? Joe mentioned, we're moving down a fast stream. We can't keep our head above water. When you get your head above water, you're meeting expectation. Then you got to figure out how to get on the raft and then cruise and and really wow people, right? They're just trying to get to a on a scale from 1 to 3, 3 beating exceeds expectations, 1 being below expectations. They're trying to get to a 2. They're trying to get to expectation right now. They're trying to get there. Um, for those of you who are lore hounds, uh, you will probably notice, I know a lot of people were sad, that there were no orb stream this year. I don't really give a shit that there was no orb stream because the amount of time um, uh, based on hours of wasted human energy watching that fucking stream, um, it baffles me. I, I've, okay, time out. We're derailing real quick. We're derailing. Um, so I talked about my, my reduced time on Twitter, uh, and social media as a personal thing. <clears throat> I actually went through a couple of days ago. I have now uninstalled Twitter from my phone. I have uninstalled Facebook from my phone. I have uninstalled Instagram from my phone. I have, I have, I, 
because uh, a close friend of mine always sends me uh, Reddit links on my on like messages and you can't open them like with your phone without the app. So I had Reddit on there and that was a waste of my time. So I got rid of that. So literally my phone, it now has my fitness tracking, obviously my my banking, stuff like that. You know, common things that you would use a mobile device for texting, calling, email. That, that is what my phone has. And I feel so much more right now. We're like on day two of having it like that. My mental, like, like I, I find myself getting up in the morning, going to get my morning coffee, taking my morning poop and grabbing my phone and be like, Oh, it's time to check Twitter. Oh, it's not there. Oh, it's, it's time to check. Insta- oh, it's not there. Oh, it's time to, it's not there. And, and then I'm like, Oh, I should nope. I, cause Cause here's the thing going into the app store and downloading these apps. I, I can't be bothered. Like when people send me an app that they want me to look at, I, I really don't like doing it because it's just, I I've got it put in a folder called Apple junk. It's way over there. I have to dig for it. And there, there's a reason for that because there's apps out there that cost money that I think are super cool. There are apps out there that have the, the freaking stupid ass microtransactions. Then there's all these social media apps out there. So I hid the freaking app store as far deep in a folder as I can get. So it's literally a frustrating, annoying experience for me to get to the app store in order to get any of these apps. It's a way for me to not download things, right? So now without social media on my phone, Oh, it's a beautiful thing. So now for me to check Twitter or X or whatever they want to call it nowadays, I'm going to call it the time waster app and the picture time waster app and the meta time waster app. If I want to check any of those, I have to do them on my desktop computer, which means I have to actually go to my little studio office here and check it here because I'm not, I don't, I have rules. I don't check that kind of stuff at work. My, my time when I am clocked in at work is work, right? If I take a break, that's my time for 10, 15 minutes. I usually don't get breaks, but that's beside the point. But when I, from, from eight to five or seven to six or whatever, my freaking ridiculous work schedule is that day. That is not social media time. That is not Twitter time, YouTube time, Facebook time. That's not any of that time. What that time is, is for me to execute my job. Um, in, in my opinion, if you have time to browse Twitter, to browse Facebook, to watch YouTube videos while you're working, then you're not working hard enough. That's just my opinion. I, I, I am not paying, like I've, I've told my employee this. I am not paying you to be on Facebook. I'm not paying you to watch YouTube videos. I'm not paying you to be on Twitter. I'm not paying you to be on Instagram. So put it away. If you do not know what to do, I will give you something to do. There's always something that can be done either on a personal development side, on a business development side. There is something that can always be done. You don't need to get on any sort of social media or anything like that when you're clocked on. When you're clocked off on a break or lunch, do whatever you want. Go jack off in the bathroom for all I care. It it doesn't matter to me. Like, But when you're clocked on and I am paying you for your time, you are working, not on any sort of mobile device, period. Now, Obviously, there are exceptions if someone texts you that's like a family emergency or whatever. By all means, respond back, take care of it, don't care. But you should not be on a social media site 
all damn day, unless your job is specifically social media. And then your job should be focused on how do I better my company through social media, not my own personal social media. That's just my opinion. So anyways, sorry for the tangent. We do de- we derail a little bit. <laughs> so no orb stream. Cause quite frankly, it was a waste of time. They didn't say that I'm saying that. Uh, but if you would like to check out the orb and check out how it's changing and potentially predicting some future events in Sea of Thieves, you can find the root orb at the Reaper's hideout, uh, and it'll still be showing clues to the return of Captain Flameheart. So if you didn't know that, go check it out. It is supposed to be in Reaper's hideout. It was there yesterday. I don't remember seeing it, but then again, I wasn't looking for it because, yeah, don't care. Don't care about the orb. Really don't. So then they jumped into what are they excited about in 2024? <clears throat> uh, Shelly said she's excited for a season 11. Again, everyone keeps saying they're excited for a season 11. I have no clue what's going on in season 11. I don't do insiders. Um, you know, aside from hearing from some partners and stuff that says I should be excited for it. I have no idea what's in season 11. Um, because they've talked about season 11 being the final stage of kind of that back end work that they started with season nine. So season nine was a garbage season. Season 10 has been a garbage season. And those have both been big back end work changes. If season 11 is the final back end work season, then I'm going to say that it's going to be another crap season because your trends say crap, crap, and we're going to finish off with crap. But maybe it won't be. I don't know. Some people are excited about it. I don't know. Um, Shelly is also excited for the return of Captain Flameheart, which, again, we were promised that the Flameheart storyline was going to be resolved, I believe, quarter four of 2023. And we resurrected him at some point, and we still don't know what's going on. So, again, failed execution on your timelines. We've got the Briggsy storyline out there, the Dark Brethren storyline out there, uh, you know, Lissetti storyline out there. There there are so many storylines out there in Sea of Thieves that they've um, started since the be- the very beginning that they've never paid off. It was actually funny the other day I was talking to Falcor <clears throat> and I was like, they can't they can't complete storylines. They're not allowed because if they completed storylines, you wouldn't have any content. You wouldn't have any way to troll them and, and and you wouldn't have any ability to tell them, hey, yo, make funny joke about this thing that hasn't been done. And then also speculate on when this might happen or something. I'm like, if they finish storylines, you'd be out of a job, dude. <laughs> so I hope they finish some storylines. Um. And again, uh, Joe also said he's excited for season 11 uh, because it's supposed to finish off the last fundamental system, which was started with captaincy. So captaincy started, what, season seven? I think. So whatever fundamental system changes that they've been doing since season seven, season 11 is supposed to conclude that. Again, most of the seasons since captaincy have been relatively garbage. We've had a couple highlights, um, but what we had hourglass, which was nice. Again, I, I thought captaincy, the ability to buy a boat was cool. Everything else was garbage because it was just redo everything. Then guilds came out and it's like, hey, redo everything again, only in a group. Garbage. You know, we had the chest of fortune. Garbage. We had the uh, skull of siren song. 
cool, just missed the boat a little bit, right? It missed that player interaction and long-term um, drive. It missed that. So I, I'm excited, but I'm also nervous because I've heard for many, many, many years, I've heard the wonderful lip service that Rare has given us about different things in Sea of Thieves. I've heard it. I've heard every piece of lip service that they've had about changing their update model to a seasonal model, updating that, changing this. <clears throat> and every time I'm left sad, I'm left wanting, I'm left dis disappointing. And though it's a game that I love and I love the storyline, I love the artistic style, I love the voiceovers, I love a so much about the game. I'm just tired of feeling empty and disappointed because I'm told one thing and I don't get what I'm told. I, 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 I have to redo the same stuff over and over and over again. And it's never new or exciting. It's just, Hey, we don't have, it's like, Oh, let's look at, hold on. Let me look in the bin. Hold on, hold on. Yep. Yep. The bin, the bin looks full of stuff. Oh, Oh, look, Oh, look, a uh, half eaten, slightly moldy peanut butter sandwich. Yep, go do Reaper chests again. Yep, that'll keep them busy. You know, that kind of stuff is just getting old. Um, it's just getting real old. And I really want that brain power that I know is there because I've met some of those folks in person. I know the brain power and the passion for this game is there. I just really want them to be able to dial it down, laser focus it, and execute on time with a quality product and really excite us players. Cause I know they can do it. They just, they just got it. And I, I really honestly believe that it's Joe's job to harness the power, focus the power and get this game going in the right direction for the players. So there we go. I hope everyone had a great holiday time. I hope everyone had a great new year, safe, Thank you very much. Um, I did, in fact, ask uh, for some folks to put some stuff in the Discord. Uh, that is the Pirate Talk Radio Discord. Uh, the link is in the show notes. Uh, for some topics that you wanted me to talk about um, for 2024, um, recapping 2023. I know um, our our good our good our good buddy our, our good dude. Um, uh, what, what do we have here? Uh, crap. The, I, I hate discord and streamer mode because it cuts people's names off and I cannot see them. I think it's robo turtle. Is that, is that his name? Robo turtle? I think is your name, buddy. I can't, I can't freaking see. Let me see if it pauses. It doesn't open here either. Uh, streamer modes enabled. So you can't see it. Whatever. He's got a cool cage cage six. Uh, I respect that a lot. Cage six, uh, 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 moving things. So he added a whole bunch of stuff there. Um, again, if you go to the pirate talk radio, um, discord channel links in the bio, there is a pirate talk radio, uh, under the sea of thieves content uh, category. There's a pirate talk radio, um, uh, channel, please put some stuff in there and I'm going to discuss some of these things because robos is really, really, really nice. There's a couple of things in here that I completely utterly forgot, uh, that happened this year and that we talked about. So next week we'll be talking about those. So please do include some stuff in there for me to talk about, um, as we get ready for season 11 and the future of sea of thieves for another year, guys, take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll see you next time. I'm Pirate Talk 
radio. I gotta reach over. It's like I reorganized my desk and the buttons all the way over here. <laughs>